Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 7, 8, and 9. And um, again, I just want to remind you that you're going to get the most out of our podcast if you are reading these on your own, especially now as we're walking through the Psalms because they are so rich because we're not going through an organic story this isn't a this isn't a a book of history this is individual pieces of music and poems that are just uh have been put together and so it's like listening to the radio almost it's like one song another song another song another song and and so Everyone is so rich and deep, and I'm going to do my absolute best to cover each one of the psalms that we cover when we're together. But I know that I'm going to leave out so much more than I want to, and um, and so I would encourage you to just be reading these on your own to pick up the, the slack from what we're not going to be able to cover. In Psalm chapter 7, um, David here is speaking of this instance between him and a Benjaminite that has apparently made some accusations against him. This, we actually don't have a reference to um, a time in David's life where this took place. So this is, which is totally understandable because um, every moment of his life is, is not recorded. But this, this moment is recorded, but it's recorded in the way of a psalm. And so his, his back's up against a wall and he says, Oh Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. And, you know, that's a really common theme in the Psalms. There's a lot of mentioning about um, taking refuge in the Lord. And um, that, that's, that's even the name for uh, a lot of churches. There's a lot of churches that will call themselves the refuge. And I think that's a pretty good name for a church because that, that's such a clear theme in Scripture is that the Lord is our refuge. And what does that mean? It's, it's, it's He's our shelter. And, you know, you just got to think about it like, in this world, you know, there are seasons where, you know, kind of like it is right now here here in Tennessee and in July, you know, there are seasons where it's just unbearable to be out there in the sun. I mean, you just feel like you're going to melt, you know, it's like 95 degrees and the humidity makes it feel like it's, you know, 105, 110 and you need shelter. You need a roof. You need just an umbrella that you can get underneath to quit to quit the the natural elements from just burning your skin, you know. And then there's also seasons where the storms are just wild, and the rain is beating down on your head, and the wind is gusting around, and and uh, you know the thunder is is roaring, and the lightning is striking, and you just think about that moment when you retreat and you get indoors. And you have walls around you and you have a ceiling above your head. And all of a sudden, it's almost like the storm doesn't exist anymore because there's just been, there's just been a um, shield around you. 
that allows you to think clearly, that allows you to rest for a time, allows you to be comforted. And so that's what the Lord is for us, that when we go to Him, no matter what, no matter the drought that we're in, no matter the financial place, no matter the relational place, no matter the occupational place that we're in, no matter the family uh, trials or the things that may be going on in our homes, uh, when I go to Him, it's as though I'm getting beneath that shade on a hot day. It's as though I'm going indoors in the midst of a storm, and I, He's able to protect me. And there's no other thing like that other than the Lord. And so David knew that. David didn't just run to the Lord, you know, on Sunday mornings, you know, like it was his habit or it was, you know, what he did. David knew when I get in hot water and when that sun gets hot and that wind gets blowing, I get to the Lord because he's my refuge. And this world just beats me up unless I can get there. And so he says, oh, Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge. And then he even begins to to sing and pray um, something that is that is beautiful. And, and that's one thing about song, by the way, is so many songs are just prayers that are being sung. And when you get into a gathering of people and you all start singing these songs, you're like, you're praying prayers that maybe you don't even know how to pray, but it's coming out of your own mouth, you know? And that's why sometimes it also, it hits us kind of hard sometimes in worship where you start singing something and you go, oh my goodness, these are the words that I didn't know how to pray. Yet they're coming out of my mouth, you know, like, you know, Lord bless me, you know, and keep me. You know, it's like, oh, this is coming out of my mouth and, and this is a prayer and this is straight from scripture or, you know, you know, you know, fill me up, God, or, you know, any of these sort of things. And it's, it's a prayer, but it's, it's, it's music. And so that's what, that's what David's doing here as well. And he's, and he's just saying, you know, saying, um, be my refuge, Lord. I take refuge in you. And then he's saying, and if I've done anything, and this is so, this is such a, this just shows David's heart for righteousness. He says, if I've done anything to deserve this, if there's any wrong in my hands, you know, then let the enemy that's pursuing my soul overtake it and trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. And that's like, that, that's not talk. I don't think that's just hot air out of David. It's that David just existed in this place of where his greatest desire was to be like God, not not in the way of um, like to be praised as God, but in the way of to have the character and the holiness and the righteousness of God, that he's like, if any evil befall me, I know that you'll avenge it. But if there's anything that I've done to provoke it, then let me get what I deserve. And that's a beautiful thing because especially in this modern day church, and I'm just being honest, but a lot of times what we call persecution and a lot of times some of the things that we feel like the enemy's coming against us at, or we feel like people are coming against us at, a lot of times we need to pray a praise. We need to prayer, uh, we need to pray prayers like David did here, where it goes, Lord, you know what? Be my refuge on this. Save me from my pursuers. Oh, and by the way, if I did something to deserve this, would you show it to me? 
because I don't want to be so arrogant to think that I'm just perfect and I didn't say something that was wrong in this. I didn't do something that was wrong in this because more than I desire safety from this situation, I desire wisdom and righteousness from this situation. And I'm going to tell you, church, there's been more, 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 more. I can't even say more than a handful because more than a truckload full of times that I have felt like my back was up against a wall and the Lord has revealed to me that I put myself there or, or that I or that I didn't help matters. You know what I'm saying? That, that I could have done something better than what I did. And not in a condemning way, but in a convicting way that, um, you know, this this wasn't the, the best thing for me to do. You know, it's kind of like if your kid comes home from school and, you know, He's got a black eye, and you go, oh, man, what happened? And he's all upset, and he goes, well, this kid punched me in the, in the face, and you go, oh, gosh, and, and it's like, wow, you know, yeah, and he's like, I know, I hate that school. It's miserable there. It's disgusting. Everybody's so mean to me, you know, and you're like, oh, man, and he's like, yeah, I just, I just don't want to go back, and you're like, well, you know, what happened? Did you say something to him? And he was like, yeah, I called him a loser, and he should, and, and I didn't want to be his friend, and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, so <laughs> a harsh word stirs up anger, son. So, so when you said those words, that provoked an anger in him that resulted in a black eye on your face. And so you can't control whether or not he hits you, but you can control the words that you say to people that create anger in them, that cause them to hit you. And so that's how we should look at life is not what can other people do better, but what can I do better? And that's just David's heart in Psalm chapter 7 is, God, what can I do better? If there's anything that I've done, just show it to me. But rescue me from these people because they're, they're, they're coming after me on every side. And, and, and he goes on to say, but I'm just going to give thanks to the Lord. And, um, and I know that if I'm in the wrong, that, that, that you'll pretty well show me. But that if I'm not, and, 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 and he believed by faith that he wasn't wrong, but he was also, his heart was just like, Lord, show me if I am. But he said, you know, I know that you'll, you'll get vengeance for this and you'll avenge me and I won't have to do it with my own strength. So I'm just going to give thanks to the Lord due to his righteousness and I'm going to sing praise for the name of the Lord God most high. And so we get into Psalm chapter eight and this is an unrelated Psalm to seven, but David is the author of this one as well. And he's writing and he's really talking about how, how amazing and how beautiful creation is. And he's talking about you know, the heavens and, and you, you've made all these things. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the work of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. And so basically David is so humbled in this moment before God. That, that when God made everything that we see and everything that we know, and even the things that we don't see and that we don't know, that he still crowned us as his masterpiece. And we know Ephesians tells us that, that we are the masterpiece of God. And it's, but it's, it's overwhelming and it's humbling to know how much God loves us and how much he cares for us and how mindful he is of us. You know, you know, if you go to the zoo and you look around and you see lions and giraffes and elephants and 
all these majestic creatures and then you look up at the night sky and you see the stars and then you go out and you go up into the mountains and you look at the mountains and then you go to the you know to the beach and you look out at the ocean and you know it's just to look at all these things and go yeah but you 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 say that I'm your masterpiece this is all like your this was all like your scrap you know pieces of paper and your doodling but you say I'm your I'm your Mona Lisa I'm the best thing you've ever made like that that's incredible and um, it should humble us and fill our heart with with a deeper understanding of how much God loves us and how and how precious that we are to him truly as his own children you know it's like a man or a woman may do many things in their life and they may accomplish many things but there's really nothing I think that is of greater accomplishment to any anyone that has children than than their children the fact that they were played a part into bringing them into this world and then raising them up their children and their grandchildren and their legacy there's really nothing when their life draws to an end there's not there's no achievement there's nothing they there's no place they ever visited that um, shines brighter than that there's no uh, professional accomplishment that meant more to them when we when our days draw near to the end I believe that each of us are going to look back and our our things that we're going to consider our masterpieces were would be our children and uh, God that's 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 a God likeness in us because that's how God looks out at this world is everything I made is beautiful but nothing's more beautiful than you are my child and um, and so he's put us in a place to where we have dominion over all of the animals and all of you know and that's very true I mean you know man has the ability to control animals that are much more dangerous and much more powerful and um, you know uh, much more uh, aggressive uh, than than we are but we have the ability to to have dominion over them and listen to this man has always had that dominion and nowadays you know we live in a little bit more domesticated times and we don't even come upon a lot of wild animals anymore but they would have in these days okay and so this was a real thing that they lived out that they knew that they had dominion over animals okay and and you you don't even even think about that on a day-to-day basis that god's literally given us dominion over animals that you could come upon a, a lion in the Amazon and that you have dominion over that lion okay and you do listen to me God made the order where you do okay that's why and David knew that why because we read that David once a lion came into his sheepfold and he said I don't think so right a bear came into his sheepfold and he said I don't think so right and so while we live in a world where um you know, we don't come upon these things just all the time. We, we, we do live in a world where we come, up, we come against many things and we have to remember God's given us dominion over them. And through Jesus, we have, we have dominion. We have authority to where this, there should be things, lions and bears and giants that come against us. And we go, no, I don't think so. I, I'm not going to submit to you. Through God, I'm stronger than you are. He made me stronger than you are. Okay, and, and now Psalm chapter 9, I've run out of time to talk about it, but the first verse, I love it. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, and I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And he goes in Psalm chapter 9, 
and he just talks about, you know, he says, oh, that I could recount your praises. You're a stronghold for the oppressed. And he just goes through. And you know what? That is one of the most powerful things that you can do at any point in your life, no matter what you're going through, is if you would just begin to out loud sing or just talk, but just begin to praise God for everything that he's ever done. It, it encourages yourself, okay? It stirs up your own soul when you just start doing that because the miracles and, and testimonies and breakthroughs, they have a way of sinking down to the bottom and they settle and, and they need to be recounted. They need to be, you know, that was why Israel celebrated Passover. That's, why, that, that's always been a part of, of, of God's plan for his people is, hey, don't forget about me. You, you, you have a nature that is forgetful, but don't forget about me. You got to remind yourself, recount, you know, get somewhere and start talking about what I've done for you. Start talking about, you know, your testimony. I've said for years, if I really get down in the depths, and I mean, I'm just really down. I, I have to go on a long walk and I've just got to, I've just got to preach my testimony to myself. I need an hour and I need to go and, and, and the, the deeper in the hole that I am, the further back that I have to start in my testimony. Because I, when I start going through it, I realize God's been with me all along. He's defeated every, every giant and every enemy that I've ever faced and he's brought me to this place. And he's taken me through many of valleys and caves and against many of enemies. And I know that he's brought me this far, so he's not done with me yet. And when you start going through that, it swells up your faith. And even though you might be in a pit, even though you might have a, a, an enemy breathing down your neck, when you start to recount all those things, it just lifts your head up because you remember that, you know what? The God that got me this far, he's not done yet. Okay, so we need, to know, we need to know that. And the gravest mistake that anyone could ever make, and it's what David alludes to in, in chapter 9, is to forget God. And he said, The wicked shall return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. We as people forget God when we don't recount His wonderful deeds. And nations all around the world, ours included, is unfortunately in a pattern of forgetting God. And just as Israel did, when a nation forgets God, you'll begin to see that nation fall apart. And so what, what, we can't control the whole nation, but we can control ourselves and our homes and our families. And we have to make the vows of recounting. Tell your kids your testimony. Have you done that before? You know, your kids think you're perfect, right? You know, they think that you've never made a mistake or anything. Start telling your kids your testimony. Start telling your kids about the, the things that you've seen in your life and the miracles. We need to do that lest we forget God.